Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 20 to 30 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for TabletopJournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published in the week of November 11th, 2019, and runs for approximately 30 minutes. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Seat Yourself. Of course, Seat Yourself is our approximately 20 to 25 minutes or so in length podcast on the world of hospitality tabletop. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And this week, along with our news stories, we're going to be bringing you another great interview from the recent host show in Milan, Italy. This week, we've got French designer Catherine Haran. Catherine has been designing glass serving pieces in a collaboration with Steelite International for a number of years now, and we were fortunate enough to catch up with her for a few minutes to talk about her designs and her relationship with this global tabletop leader. We've also got another interview where we'll give you an update on what's going on in one of our favorite smaller brands, Stosel Glassware. And in this week's 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, we'll be talking accessories with Edward Don and Company Tabletop Category Manager, Shannon Talon. What are the trends in tabletop accessories and how Shannon and her company, how do they view this sub-segment and more? And then in this week's commentary, we'll continue our conversation about trust. This time we'll focus in on the freedoms it can bring to both organizations and individuals alike. And finally, keep in mind that we're only about 45 days left from the end of the year. And if you're working on those holiday tabletop orders, you better get them in fast. So in case you hadn't noticed, New Year's Eve, it's not so far away. And then all of a sudden, it will be the year 2020. For us, this year has simply flown by and probably for you as well. So with all of that, let's get this mid-November episode of Seat Yourself. Let's get it underway. And as regular listeners of Seat Yourself know, we always start with our stat of the week. This week's stat is 40%. That's the percentage of workers in America that say they work in a quote-unquote good job, according to polling company Gallup. Gallup conducted their poll based upon 10 workplace characteristics. Among the list of characteristics, level of pay, stability, enjoying one's day-to-day work, and having a sense of purpose, just to name a few of them. In addition to the 40% who claimed to have a good job, 44% said they were in mediocre jobs, and 16% said they were in bad jobs. So, what kind of a job are you in? And, if you have employers reporting to you, what do you think their answer to that question would be? 40%. That's the percentage of American workers saying they have a good job. And that's our stat of the week. And in news this past week, first up, there's a small ray of sunshine that peeked through to the restaurant industry in October, all according to research firm TDN2K. And same-store sales for the U.S. industry showed positive growth, albeit small positive growth, for the second month in a row. This comes from TDN2K's Black Box Intelligence data, which measures weekly sales from over 31,000 locations that do approximately $72 billion in U.S. Uh, annual sales. And according to Victor Fernandez, who is TDN2K's Vice President of Insights, he's quoted as saying, what is even more encouraging for the industry is that this small positive growth during the past two months has been achieved despite the industry lapping over two months with relatively strong performance in 2018. 
the industry's two-year same-store sales growth continues to be positive and stable. Fernandez went on to say, the reason has been the acceleration in guest checks year over year. Consumers have signaled they are willing to go out and able to spend increasingly more each and every time that they do eat out. Well, all this is good news to all in the USA hospitality industries, to both operators and suppliers alike. But nobody should be fooled. Our industry is changing, and that change is accelerating. Lifestyle changes, changes in our views on social issues issues like sustainability, even the provenance of where foods that we eat come from. These are all rapidly rising in importance on the decision-making of where we choose to spend our food dollars. A recent study by the noted research firm, the Hartman Group, showed that almost one-third of all millennials and 25% of Gen Zers say that almost always they base their purchase decisions on sustainability, compared to only 17% of baby boomers. So, while the world continues to change and evolve, the restaurant sales in America, at least for the past two months, have some slight positive momentum. That's good news, and we'll take it. Let's hope that it's going to continue. And then this past week, there was this. The newspaper USA Today published a story about the career traffic jam facing millennials and Gen Xers. As more and more baby boomers put off retirement, millennials and Gen Xers are finding it harder and harder to move up to middle and higher level jobs. And all this is according to a study conducted by the USA Today newspaper in conjunction with LinkedIn, along with interviews with recruiters. According to LinkedIn career expert Blair DeCembrell, this is the first time ever that five different generations are in America's workforce all at the same time, from Gen Zers on up to baby boomers. And according to their research, 40% of millennials and 30% of all adults say they found it difficult to move up in their fields because baby boomers are waiting longer to retire. The story also quoted one executive search firm head as stating, job seekers are happy with the company, but they're blocked by the person above them. Now, all this seems very interesting to me. And as we continue to talk about the need to attract more young top talent to our industry and then retain that top young talent so that we have sufficient inventory of talent to lead our industry going forward, it leads me to wonder about a couple of questions. Whether we are an operator, whether we are a supply chain company, or whether we're a tabletop manufacturer, are we all working hard enough to create real career paths for our youngest and our brightest future stars. That's number one. And number two, how can we continue to utilize the talents and experience of our long-term employees without blocking the road for the next generation of leaders in our industry? All important things to think about. And have you given those any thoughts in your company lately? And in company and product news this week, The beautiful and elegant glass collections from French designer Catherine Huron will definitely add instant glamour to nearly any restaurant's tabletop. After all, her designs are unique glass works of art that bring both eye-catching appeal and the desired practicality that our industry requires. And for us, we love what we see as the simple elegance of this talented designer's work, and along with the beautiful execution of her collaboration with the Steelite International people that bring beauty and elegance to restaurant tables everywhere. And in the 400-plus pages of the 2019 Steelite International Collections product book, you can't really call it a catalog now, can you? It might be easy to overlook the relatively short, small collection from this talented French designer. But then again, it's really about all the details that make the difference oftentimes, isn't it? Organic forms and a texture that is a perfect complement to Steelite's porcelain, that's what Catherine Horan brings to restaurant tables around the globe. 
All this adds up to a subliminal touch that transforms a meal into a dining memory. We were truly fortunate to have had the opportunity to speak with designer Catherine Horan at their most recent host show in Milan, and here's what she had to say. Hi, we're back here at the Steelite booth here at Host 2019, and now I'm with Catherine Horan, who's the French designer who designed these beautiful glass pieces for Steelite International. Catherine, it's great to be with you here. I know you've worked with the uh, company Steelite International for over 10 years now. What's it like to work with a great international company that's so well-known as Steelite? Oh, it's uh, give me uh, a wonderful um, business. And uh, per- it is permitted to me uh, to design uh, different things. Uh, and uh, they are very opening mind and uh, they're wonderful. Yeah, it looks like it's a great collaboration. It's a nice collaboration, Dave. Very nice. What do your products, Catherine, what do they bring? I know Steelite has many wonderful dinnerware products. What do your glass products bring to the Steelite line overall? As they bring a lot of lights, they can uh, range with other products, with all the products of Steelite, and uh, there are new designs, and... Uh, New material too. You know what I like most about your products, beyond that they're, fa- they're in fact very beautiful, is that they bring a different texture to the tabletop. You've got the ceramic texture, and now you have the glass texture that you bring. So yes, and I bring also forms in the Venus uh, ranges, range, and uh, in Apollo. In uh, I have made a lot of uh, range for Stilite. And I know you've told me you won't show them to me because it's a big secret right now, top secret. But you've got some new collections that you're developing with Steelite that should be available very, very soon. Perhaps in the spring at Ambiente. We'll see them? Maybe in Ambiente. Maybe in Ambiente. I hope. Or in Chicago. Ambiente is going to have a great new Horeca section, so we'll look forward to seeing them there. Thank you, Dave. The glass serving piece designs from Catherine Horan give operators a chance to free up their imagination when considering their food presentations, both at the restaurant table or in the hotel's buffet area. As for the practical elements of her designs, designer Horan points to her Venus designs, which are seemingly freeform and organic, yet each Venus piece is uniform in shape, enough so that it easily is stackable and storable. According to Horan, this juxtaposition of uninhibited style with uniform structure creates the perfect piece for optimizing both practicality and presentation. And she adds, when it comes to making the sparkling frost of the dawn dance, I've played with fire. Combining a collection of inspired designs made from high-quality toughened glass, all with colorful hues and with all those colors locked into the glass itself, the Catherine Horan designs from Steelite International will make your food presentations much more than just simply another meal. Subliminal beauty for sure, with a desired practicality of course, and the promise of more to come soon. Catherine Horan from Steelite International. If you'd like to find out more about Catherine Horan products from Steelite International, please visit their website, steelite.com. And next up, is a quick update on one of our favorite brands, Stolzl Glassware. Stolzl to us is one of those challenger-type brands that sometimes probably doesn't get all the love it should. Known mostly, it seems like, for their great wine glass collections, Stolzl has quite a range of barware and beer glasses as well. 
We recently were able to catch up with Stolzl's USA Senior VP of Sales and Marketing, Jay Alley, for an update, and here's what Jay had to say. Hi, we're here today with Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Stolzl Glassware, Jay Alley. Jay, it's great to be with you today. Thanks for taking a few minutes to sit and talk to us about the great brand called Stolzl. First of all, though, why don't you bring us up to date on all the cool stuff that's going on with the Stozel brand in the U.S. and North America? Okay, I'd love to do that, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, you know, there's been a lot going on in, in the world of Stozel uh, in Europe and also in America, but just, just to kind of go over some points, just recently we celebrated 130 years of glassmaking expertise. That's and, amazing. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, they had a big party, which I was unable because of a, a medical thing not to, I wasn't able to go, and I was really sorry about that. But anyway, they, everybody seemed to have a great time, and uh, the factory, the last time I was over there was about seven, eight months ago, and uh, it was amazing to see where it's come from, from when I first started with the company some 20 years ago. In, uh, in what way do you, do you mean that, Jay? Oh, uh, they've invested tr- uh, dramatic amounts of, of money in, in new production methods, streamlining everything, uh, more sophisticated decorating processes. So right now we're a factory that literally can make glassware that wasn't conceivably able to be done on machines 10 years ago that looked like they're handmade pieces of jewelry and it's just it's just beautiful products and very very affordable not only for the food service side of it but uh, also for the for the retail side of it uh, in which we have just started a retail division in, in North America which I'm really excited about and it's being run by an old friend of mine named Mark Rowland great no, no offense he's not that old <laughs> but, what a uh, what a uh, quick question back on all the improvements you made in the products what does that mean to the guest who's drinking from the Stozel glass uh, it means that they're getting you know as fine a product as we can put on the table with which incorporates the durability to be able to be used in the food service end of it. but all of our stuff all of our glassware is high performance shapes and they bring out the best that they can possibly bring of the vintage that's being poured into them so the Pinot Burgundy glasses do a phenomenal job the white wines do a great job and the whole line is is really uh, sommelier driven. I mean, they work for a lot of sommeliers in Europe to make sure we got the right shapes. But basically, we produce some of the finest glass that's that's being made in the world, and we do it at great prices. And uh, our deliveries uh, to our hospitality customers through our partner Rack have been just phenomenal. Great. Uh, that's yeah, and, service is a big issue in the glassware business, isn't it? Absolutely en- enormous. And uh, you know, on the retail side of it, you maybe get a little bit more slack, but you can't go to a guest that's sitting at a table for an anniversary meal telling him to come back next week because we're out of wine glasses. Correct. So serviceability is is paramount. Now, does Stozel work with a lot of uh, independents, a lot of chains, a lot of everything? How, do, how, do, how does it go to market? That's a great question. A, a lot of everything. We started our, our, our hospitality business selling you know, one, two cases of glass at a time. <clears throat> and primarily it started out with one, two, three rooftop operations. But today we do you know tremendous volume of people like Darden and Ruth Chris and folks like that. So we can be found pretty much at every level of uh, – of hospitality, whether it's a banquet room up in New Jersey that seats 3,000 people, we have glassware that's applicable for those applications, or if it's a five-star or five-diamond Michelin place where you've got to have stuff that's just over-the-top style-wise and dimension-wise, we have all of that. So, we, so you have you cover the gamut. We cover the gamut. That's, I think, one of Whole our- market. That's uh, great. From Michelin of, star to down to a high volume, high uh, banqueting kind of operations, yep. wedding, uh, wedding uh, rental companies and all that too. Yep, absolutely. And one of, one, of the, one of the challenges of my job is that uh, to try to make sure that depending on what customer I'm talking to for a particular 
venue or application that I'm making sure I'm showing him the proper glass for that. So it, we do a lot more than just sell glassware. We're, we're really almost glassware consultants because we, the last thing we want to do is sell a glass that isn't appropriate for what the customer is trying to use it for. So a lot of listening to what the customer is trying to accomplish and then providing the right product, uh, particularly if it's uh, if it's something within the Stolzel range, I suspect. M- much more listening than talking. <laughs> but if you knew me pretty well, you'd say, how did you ever get there? Because you yeah. don't ever stop talking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> What's new on the horizon for Stolzel? Well, the, the, as I mentioned, the retail division is a, is a really serious venture. I mean, it's been interesting because for years, you know, people would eat in restaurants and they'd go and try to find out where they could buy our glass. We we would happily send them to, to you know, to a, a standard distributor. Some people do, you know, civilian business out of their cash and carry stores, but it's really not a great way to go to market for, you know, you can't compete with Target, you know, those kind of things. So now we have a formal division that will be uh, that's headed up by Mark Rowland, and uh, we're starting out with a lot of online businesses. We've had great success in the short term with those. Last Christmas was really where we launched it, and now we'll be moving into some of the brick-and-mortar stores. So the, the good news is, is we'll finally get a benefit of being in all these restaurants where people say, hey, where can we find this stuff? They'll be able to find it at retail now in a lot of the greatest stores in the country. So I'm really excited about that. I think the the good news for Stolzl is the, uh, our capacity is is being used up. We're, we're busier than we've ever been. So uh, Mr. Jan Sishu, who's my counterpart in Europe, has been doing a tremendous job in other parts of the world. So I, I guess it, the way I would put it is Stolzl's banging on all eight cylinders. Great. That's great to hear. Yeah, it is. It really is. In these economies, which are uh, the U.S. economy is a little stronger than some of the European countries, but but no matter, Stolzl's doing great, and that's good news. Yeah, it is great news. And so they, you're a busy guy these days. Uh, I could be busier. You know, I keep <laughs> couldn't we all right? Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's been great. And you know, Rack's doing a great job. We we have a good team there, and it's getting better all the time. So uh, we're, we're excited about that. And uh, I think the next couple, three years for, for us, in, in both in Europe and the United States, are going to be really exciting. Great. Well, Jay, it's been great checking back in with you today. Uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road, and maybe you'll uh, you'll give us a peek at some of the other things you've got going on, because I know that there's a bunch of other things you didn't want to talk about this morning, but we'll, we'll come back around to those when uh, when, it, when, uh, when they're ready. Absolutely. I appreciate Thanks. appreciate, appreciate your time. Yeah, we do as well. Thank you very much. As Jay just said, distribution for the Stolzel brand within the hospitality sector is handled by Rack Porcelain here in America. So check with your Rack representative for more information on the great Stolzel brand. There's lots going on with this German producer, but one more thing that you might not know about Stolzel, and that's that it's part of a much larger privately held German glassware company that produces everything from liquor bottles to perfume containers and much, much more. So Stolzel is a not so small and a very interesting little company. And it sounds like we can expect to hear a lot more from them in the very near future. Now, 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Donnan Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about trends in tabletop accessories. Okay, we're back with Shannon Talon, the category manager for tabletop and buffet wear at Edward Donnan Company out of Chicago. And Shannon, this week we want to talk about accessories uh, for the table. We've, we've talked about trends in glassware and dinnerware and flatware, but many operators are bringing different types of accessories and, and maybe they don't fit into any of those categories. But what trends do you see in tabletop accessories that our listeners might want to consider for their operations? 
And I love, uh, we call this category table service at Redon. Um, and it's your, to your point, it's anything that fits, that doesn't fit into dinner or glassware or flatware. And this is the personality of the tabletop in a lot of ways. You know, accessories should be fun and add to the guest experience. They shouldn't detract from uh, the overall experience of the meal and the, and, the, and the larger tabletop categories, but man, can they really enhance uh, the overall experience of a meal. I think that the way manufacturers are playing into that is a lot of the same things we do see in the other tabletop categories, unique materials. You know, when we, when we talk about these accessory items, it's so easy to play with things like materials like concrete or stone unique uh, resins, different types of wood, not just bamboo, but we, you know, acacia wood and, and different uh, wood composites and things like that. Uh, so I think that it's easy to, to create accessories and some of those fun materials because then operators can experiment with those materials without having to invest in, you know, all their dinnerware, all their serving pieces being in those, in those materials. I think that um, there is just a never ending array of vessel shapes and many of them are reminiscent, I think, of what we use in our home. We've seen that in the past with things like um, milk carton containers and the little f- the fry baskets that truly are in the shape of a fryer basket, but we use them for French fries. Those have been around for a long time, but that is where that, that accessories category, how it's sort of evolved. Items that we're used to using in our everyday life are now turned into serving vessels for sauces or for side dishes or uh, appetizers or whatever the case may be. And so I, I think that that's what we're going to see continue. The the table service and accessory companies just continuing to try to find uh, unique uh, unique ways of serving the same items. Um, I also think that we're starting to see a swing towards collections of accessories, which we haven't always seen before. So we're seeing manufacturers create collections or patterns, whereas Historically, we use the word pattern to refer to dinner or glassware flatware, but we're almost seeing accessory patterns where, you know, everything from uh, little, little baskets or, or little platters to things like jars and containers that can be used both as serving pieces um, or as storage pieces on a bar or in, you know, in an open kitchen or what have you. People are really getting unique, are really getting innovative um, and thinking outside the box too in the way they use the accessories. It's not just for the tabletop anymore. I'm seeing tabletop accessories used on bar tops more and more, used, like I said, as, de- as decor to just display canned items or, or juices or sauces or pickling uh, items or whatever. So I think it's just really, again, a never-ending sort of group of options that operators have for accessories. There's no shortage of unique options in the market. Yeah, we love accessories because they really, there's no rules, number one, just what you're saying. And also, uh, uh, they allow the personality of the operator to come through. And that's really, that's where the fun really is. Now, here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave tells us that with trust comes freedom. In this week's commentary, I want to continue our conversation on the issue of trust. Specifically this week, I want to discuss the freedom that trust brings to organizations. Within organizations that have built up a culture of trust, that freedom manifests itself as a quickness, that when it's combined with a shared sense of purpose, together they create an operational efficiency and an agility that helps organizations respond faster to our quickly changing marketplace. Organizations that trust their employees and where employees trust their organization, they just don't get bogged down with seeking approval on every little decision, big or small. 
This quick responsiveness is often also a motivator for employees to go that quote-unquote extra mile without having to worry whether their bosses will back them up later on. And you can bet if there's any bad news, the freedom that trust brings, well, that will make sure it gets brought to the front quicker and shared more easily, allowing solutions to be found earlier on. All of this helping prevent problems from growing worse before they're ultimately discovered. This is the freedom that trust within organization brings. And that same freedom that comes from trust, well, it also brings a deeper level of employee commitment. After all, is the thinking, if I believe the organization is committed to me, shouldn't I also commit to the organization? That deeper commitment from employees shows up in a host of very positive ways, benefiting both the organization and the individual. A couple of these are more innovation and risk-taking. With less to worry about if my ideas or my ways of thinking don't work out, I'm more likely to give my honest opinions. And I'm more likely to try things that have an increased level of risk and possibly increased level of reward as well. Employee productivity is another area that the freedom of trusting organizations help to nurture and grow. When I know my organization is supporting and trusting me, I want to go that extra mile. I want to work harder to ensure I do my best, trusting that both myself and my organization will see the results of all my efforts. Leaders of organizations can build trust and give their organizations that freedom that comes with that through a variety of ways. But one of the easiest and most meaningful that I know is by showing that the organization truly cares for the employees, that the employee is more than just simply a corporate asset or only as good as their last performance rating suggests. Organizations that are built upon a solid foundation of trust will find that that freedom that can come from that type of culture are many and wide. And in today's world, where differentiation among products and services is more and more difficult to discern, and in today's world where top talent is a resource becoming more and more scarce, isn't the freedom that comes with an organization's trust one of, if not its most important asset overall? Think about that. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself. And as always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talent, for joining us today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent tabletop advisor. You can download it from their website, www dot don dot com just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publication section we'll see you next time but always remember tabletop matters that concludes this week's episode of tabletop journals seat yourself podcast series for more news information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com dot com